This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. At every step of the coronavirus pandemic, leaders across the country have been grappling with the trade-offs between protecting the economy and protecting public health. And over the weekend, Georgia became one of the first states to start taking steps to get its economy back up and running. What Georgia is trying to deal with right now is what the entire country and the entire world is trying to start to come to terms with, which is how do you restart the engine here? Non-essential businesses like barbershops, nail salons, and even bowling alleys were allowed to reopen for the first time in weeks. But Georgia's plan to restart the engine has become a flashpoint when local mayors, as well as the president, said they strongly opposed the plan. Today on the show, what Georgia's first weekend of reopening looked like in its capital city, and what that could mean for the rest of us. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, April 27th. Last week, Republican Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia... All right, well, good afternoon, everyone. ...announced that some non-essential businesses would be allowed to reopen. We will allow gyms, fitness centers, bowling alleys, body art studios... He framed the decision, which took effect on Friday, as a small, incremental move. Today's announcement is a small step forward and should be treated as such. The governor's perception, I've talked to the governor's people very recently, and their perception was this would be a small step. Our colleague, Cam McWhorter, is based in our Atlanta bureau. You know, if we open some small businesses and they follow certain safety guidelines, those businesses could get up and running bringing in some money and employing some people, we could start to become more normal. How did people react? There's been a lot of criticism inside the state and outside the state. A lot of our larger mayors are Democrats in the city of Atlanta, uh, the city of Savannah, and they have been very vocal that they think this is stupid. Keisha Lance Bottoms is the mayor of the city of Atlanta, and she has been very vocal and on lots of television programs talking about how she wasn't consulted. And what I believe is that there are some who are willing to sacrifice lives for the sake of the economy, and that's unacceptable to me. She's livid. The mayor of Savannah is livid. The local mayors that I've talked to feel that we need to ride this out till June or maybe even July before we start really opening things up again. And it's caused a lot of friction. And even President Trump weighed in and said it it was too soon. (laughs) Right. Then President Trump weighs in. But I disagree with him on... What he's doing. Which caught everyone, particularly the people in the governor's office, off guard. But I think spas and beauty salons and tattoo parlors and barbershops in uh, phase one, we're going to have phase two very soon, is just too soon. I think it's too soon. 
So to say that this reopening order is controversial might be an understatement. Kemp said his decision to start reopening businesses was based on scientific data that appeared to show recent declines in the number of cases of the coronavirus. Still, the state has not yet met the White House's guidelines for reopening, which say that new cases should be in decline for two weeks. And Dr. Anthony Fauci, an infectious disease expert on the White House's coronavirus task force, said Georgia should be cautious. Well, you know, if I were advising the governor, I would tell him that he should be careful. And I would advise him not to just turn the switch on and go, because there is a danger of a rebound. Like many states, Georgia still lacks a robust testing program, so many public health officials worry that reopening now could result in a surge of new cases, a surge that hospitals might not be able to handle. You know, our rural areas have really had a lot of closed hospitals and we just don't have the capacity. And that was a real panicky concern a couple of weeks ago, much less of a concern now. But of course, if people start moving around again in large numbers, who knows? And then if you're not able to test those people right. and identify who's who has it and then quarantine those people, then they're going to just continue to spread it. Right. And we don't have any real decent idea how many people in Georgia truly have it or were carrying it or spreading it. Uh, and that is the biggest criticism of the governor's plan. What has the governor said about those concerns and of those criticisms? He felt that Given all the advice he was receiving from medical experts that he felt that it was safe to begin to do this, he felt it was necessary to do it for the sake of the Georgia economy. Obviously, the shutdown has been terrible for small businesses and big businesses. But one thing that you have to keep in mind, it's been nightmarish for state governments. And particularly in Georgia, you know, they're looking at a June 30th end of the fiscal year and all their projections, every projection they had just went off the cliff sales tax revenue, it's gone, right? I mean, it's nothing like what they expected. So part of the impetus is the governor is looking at his budget, which just exploded, basically. But allowing businesses to reopen doesn't necessarily mean all of them will. Coming up, Cam sets out to see how businesses and consumers responded to the governor's new order. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back. This weekend, Cam went around Atlanta. Metro Atlanta is the economic driver of this state, with the inclusion, I would say, of Savannah and a couple other cities, uh, Columbus and Augusta. But really, Atlanta's the monster. It's the giant economy. So 
On Friday, I drove around the city to find some place that would be open. And then we visited various neighborhoods in the city. We tried to go to some high-end neighborhoods, some wealthier neighborhoods. And there were some hair salon places there that we thought might be open, some barbershops, some nail places there. Nothing was open. And I drove down to South DeKalb. It's unincorporated, but it's near uh, the city of Atlanta. It's predominantly lower income, predominantly African-American. And there I saw businesses opening. And the majority of the businesses were not open, but the ones that were had crowds, had people definitely interested in their services. Cam spotted one of those crowds outside the men's room barbershop, which is in a strip mall. So I went up and... Uh, started talking to people outside about why they wanted to get their hair cut. What did they say? Uh, They'd been going crazy not getting their hair cut, and they wanted to go in and try it out. Did you get a haircut yourself? (laughs) I did not. (laughs) I got a haircut last night uh, by my daughter. Oh. My 18-year-old daughter, who has never cut anyone's hair. And how did that turn out? I I don't know. (laughs) I'm looking in the mirror right now. (laughs) Good thing you're on on the radio, I guess. Yeah, right. It's radio. It's okay. (laughs) I could really use a haircut myself. (laughs) Cam didn't get a professional haircut, but he did talk to the owner of the barbershop. My name's Anthony Sellers. I'm the owner of Men's Room Barbershop. And uh, we decided to open up today, man, to help the community out. Uh, He's owned this barbershop for quite a while. He's worked there for over a decade. This business is his life. He just saw his money go out the window. I applied for unemployment. I uh, haven't gotten any unemployment. I haven't got any assistance, really, before small businesses goes. Uh, so you just scraping? Just scraping. Luckily, I had a savings enough to keep uh, keep a little bill, a few bills paid, and, um, you know, try to keep the lights on. That's why I'm back in here today, trying to uh, keep yeah, so from, this is keep a from necessity. having to shut down. Yes, yeah. sir. He's very, very worried, and he said he's trying to be as safe as he can. I'm going to keep my hands washed. I'm going to sanitize my customers. We're going to wear face masks, and we uh, clothe rocks, and I got a, you know, we spraying down after each customer. We spraying our chairs down, wiping down, you know, after, you know, every hour. So, you know, we're going to take all the preventative measures to try to keep people safe. He had rules that unless you were sitting in the chair, you couldn't stand in the barbershop, which... For most barbershops, they're a social center, so this was sort of odd. But people who came in, they had to immediately sit down in the chair, and then the barber would work on them, and then they would pay and leave. And uh, then he would wipe down the chairs with Clorox. He had a mask on while he was cutting the hair. The people who were getting their hair cut did not. There was no social distancing line outside like we've seen at grocery stores. It was just sort of a group of people standing around. Definitely, I saw people, you know, lifting their masks to talk at times and taking phone calls. And I think they're trying their best to follow the rules. I think it's hard when the rubber meets the road here and you're actually trying to have a customer come in and provide them with a service and then have them give you money to be absolutely, you know, scientific about the whole thing. At first, it looked like Anthony was going to have a lot of customers, but the demand didn't seem to last all weekend. On Friday, I visited him, and he had tons of guys walking by asking about when they could come in. I mean, it was nonstop, guys standing outside waiting to get in. They had to stand out on the sidewalk. And then I came Saturday, and there were very few people. He was worried about what that meant because he was worried that maybe this means that people have decided they're not going to come out or he only handled the people that he did, and he really needs to cover his bills. 
The same day that Cam checked out the barber shop, he noticed a nearby nail salon that also had a crowd of customers. So, man, so I'm Cam. I can't shake your hand, but hello. Cam, how you doing? And what's your name? I'm Big Mama. <laughs> well, what's your okay? What's your other name? My real name is Latavia. I'm just messing you. Okay, Latavia. Why are you coming out today? Oh, it's a necessity. My nails done. I'm it, a diva. My nail must be done. And has it been- the women at the nail salon? They're all going crazy at home, and they all consider nails to be part of their upkeep. And this was a way that when they saw the chance to do it, they thought they would take it. The governor, Brian Kemp, decided that he would open up, allow these stores to open up. It's one of the first states to allow that. I think he's awesome. I think he's awesome. He did the best thing for me. Because a lot of people didn't think he, he did was the best thing. I need my nails done. <laughs> you know, but, but really, he just had a couple of days. I don't think that there was a bright idea. But if we're gonna, if they're gonna do um, the correct social distancing or, or, or yeah, if they follow the rules, yeah, if they follow the rules, then okay. I interviewed a woman named Stephanie Childs who had been laid off. Her grandmother had died of COVID in March, and uh, so she was wearing an N95 mask that she had gotten from a healthcare worker. So being real means putting a mask on your face. Being real means limiting any exposure you could possibly get from this stuff because this stuff is killing people. But 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 then what? So why are you out here then? I have a mask. No. Yeah. So you feel that that's so enough? I feel yeah. A little bit of comfort. Yeah. 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 I won't say I'm 100 comfortable. Right. Right. But I have right. A little bit of comfort. And though we do feel like this is a mandatory thing for us women, we got to be careful. We got yeah. to be careful. And I thought about earlier, uh, I actually found a guy who was just sort of sadly sitting outside of a great clips. <laughs> he, had, he had gone there expecting a line and he was the only person there and the place didn't open. He said something to me that I found very uh, moving. He said, I miss living. And I think there's a real part of this whole thing where people just want something that seems sort of normal again. And for the women who I met at the nail salon, that's what it was. I'm going to get my nails done, and they'll be normal. And then I can go back to whatever I'm trying to deal with, including how I'm going to cover my rent. Things still don't feel normal. Not every business that could open did. For instance, Cam looked around for tattoo parlors, but didn't find any that were open. And for many of the businesses that decided to stay closed, they had their own reasons. I interviewed a woman who runs two yoga studios that she's closed, and she has no intention of reopening them. And one of the reasons is she said, you know, I have to do sanitation equipment and cleaning for my studio. And she said, I can't even find that stuff for my house. I didn't feel safe about opening it. She said, I don't want to reopen with trepidation. And so she has no intention, despite the financial hit she's taking, which is massive, she's not going to open up. I spoke to a woman who runs a coffee shop with her husband. Her business is about 20% of what they were doing before because she's doing, they have like a window where you can go up and get coffee that way. They can't sustain that. But she said, I'm not opening. I'm not going to open until I feel it's safe. The science isn't there. We don't know. And if people start milling around again, we're going to invite disaster. And I think a lot of customers aren't going to be going until they feel it's safe as well. There was one thing in particular that really struck Cam as he drove around looking for what places were open and what places were closed. There was a real split in places that were wealthier. More of the businesses can stay closed because they have more savings, they have more funding. They also have more of a social condemnation that would take place if they opened up. You know, there's some talk in some places that they were going to boycott businesses that opened. 
Whereas in the poorer neighborhoods of Atlanta and poorer sections of the state that I visited, people are really, really hurting for money. And they have bills to pay. They don't have any income coming in. They were scraping by as it was. And they really need an answer. People need to be compassionate about both concerns. You know, they really need to start seeing why an Anthony Sellers would open up his shop. It's because he needs money. And then, and there's customers, you know. But at the same time, everyone has to be very cognizant of the fact that this disease can spread. Georgia's reopening serves as an early test case to see how restarting an economy might go. On the economic side, Small business owners in Georgia are going to be looking at all their competitors and seeing if anybody's done it and, and is it working. It's going to be what capitalism has always been, which is when somebody sees someone else making money, they're going to jump in. I think on the medical side, of course, people are going to be watching the numbers very closely to see if we have any kind of spike. And if we have a spike, you know, of an outbreak somewhere, uh, that's going to fall directly on Governor Kemp's head and he's going to have a real political problem. He's got to hope that that doesn't happen. If it does happen, what's the plan? To lock down again? Yeah, he said that he can reimpose these restrictions if he needs to. The thing that's sort of, that's so interesting about this is that you're not going to know right away. I mean, a lot of businesses might take baby steps and say, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. But then, as you say, they'll see a competitor getting a lot of business and maybe they'll say, okay, well, maybe I'll ease into it. And then more and more businesses will ease into it over a course of a few weeks. But that's that's just the, about the amount of time that you need to know whether an outbreak has begun because this thing can spread so quietly. You are nailing the issue. That is exactly right. So the governor's hope would be what you first described, which is that businesses slowly, everyone sticks their toe in the water. Pretty soon everybody's swimming and we're, you know, we have new rules that are in place for social distancing, but, but there's an economy of some kind going because we all have to do that at some point. Every governor is going to have to make some decision like this sometime soon, right? So that's, that's their hope. But then the fear, which has been uh, expressed by a lot of people, is that then you're suddenly spreading the disease. And then, of course, it takes a while for us to identify everybody who has the disease. And by then, it's all over the place. So that's the great dilemma here. That is what the governor has probably not slept very well recently worrying about is if he can get the economy going again, fantastic. But if there's another outbreak, it's the ultimate disaster. Georgia allowed more businesses to open their doors to customers today. Restrictions on theaters and dining restaurants have been lifted as long as they follow cleaning and social distancing rules. And a handful of other states, including Oklahoma, Colorado, and Tennessee, have also started lifting restrictions. That's all for today, Monday, April 27th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.